Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Ooh, hello. Welcome to another creepy episode of Girl Next Door Podcast. I don't think I could ever do a voiceover for something scary. (laughs) I don't think my voice is scary enough. Do you like the music though? Did you guys notice that? Change up of music? Thank you to Renee Simmons who does all that for me. And she even let the music continue in. Nice. I think it gave you guys like Halloween creepy vibes. It made you like the podcast even more. (laughs) But yes, it turns out, guys, that you really... um, you really enjoyed Wednesday's episode. So if you haven't listened, you've got to listen. I jam-packed so much information into that and um, I got so many texts and messages. I got another one just then actually, just before or just as I was about to record this episode. Turns out it's one of your favorite ones yet, guys. So um, now, what did I do on Wednesday? I went through the historical roots of Halloween Because, you know, I've heard different people say things like, oh, you know, there's demonic roots. Oh, no, there's Christian roots. Oh, and look, all of that is true. Um, Not Christian, though. I'd say it's got a few Catholic roots in there, which, as we found out, Catholics named Halloween Halloween. So there you go. Um, Then we talked about this three-part approach of um, anything that comes at us like Halloween, we can either receive, reject, or redeem it. So go back and listen to that so that you know what I'm talking about. Now, today obviously has a parenting focus, um, and it's one thing to make a decision on what you believe about Halloween, but believe me, it is going to be tested when you have kids, especially kids who are school age, because guaranteed, like everything else, kids are going to feel the pressure from other kids. They're going to see what other kids do, and then they're going to come home. And they're going to go, mom, dad, why don't we do this? So you might believe one thing in your family, uh, but when the kids are out in the big wide world, they're going to see how other families do things. And it might even lead to them not liking the way your family does things and you will hear complaints. So what do we do? How do we cope with the pressure? Now, Halloween is really a good testing ground of our parenting Because there's going to be many, many areas of your kids' lives over the years where you're going to want them to adopt your values, not embrace other people's values. So I guess you could say Halloween is a bit of a test run because it's only one day where you have to contend with this. Um, And like I've said before, don't get worried about things where you're like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm worried about that. I don't like it. We don't like Halloween. Um, it could be anything, you know, um, but everything is an opportunity to reinforce your family values. And believe me, if it's not going to be Halloween, it's going to be the fact that your daughter's going to come home when she's 13 and say that her best friend has a boyfriend. And can she please have a boyfriend? Cause she really likes so-and-so and you're going to go freak me out. What do I do? I will podcast on that. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, the the <laughs> the the premise is the same. It's all about our values. We cannot 
force, well, you can try. Good luck with that. Good luck trying forcing your values onto your children. All right, so what do we do? Now, for me growing up, my mum taught me that Halloween was evil and we never engaged in it. Although we did get, I do remember, I'm sure I remember giving lollies out at the door if people knocked or have to check with my sister on that one. But my mum just didn't make it a big deal, um, other than we knew that Halloween was something that we didn't celebrate, we didn't like it. Um, my sister and I were super obedient, though, and super respectful, and we never questioned my mum. She was probably super lucky, being a single-parent mum, that she had two very submissive, well-behaved girls. Um, and I don't know what she would have done if she had a rebellious child, which, funnily enough, she did think I was rebellious in my later teenage years. But seriously, like I was not like the things she thought I was rebellious about, I think are hilarious even now as an adult. Um, But let's get back to what I was saying before, um, that this is an opportunity to reinforce your family values. And to be honest, the way Cameron and I approached Halloween is actually the way we've approached a lot of different issues with our kids. And I do think it's the way that we've approached it is one of the reasons that we now have two young adults, one still teenager, who have not rebelled at all and in fact have embraced the same family values as their own. And we have done it without, on the most part, forcing anything. Um, I will talk about that though because there are some battles that you do want to win. There are some things where you're like, we're not giving an inch on this, but you can't be that parent on everything. You can't not give an inch on everything. Okay. Otherwise you will end up with rebellious kids. So this is my biggest bit of advice to you when it comes to Halloween, but to lots of other things as well. Don't be legalistic. Okay. Now, one thing that Cameron and I saw growing up in our teenage years was um, in the church that we were in. And I think it was not the church in particular. It just was Christianity probably back in the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s. It was quite legalistic and it didn't actually end well, especially amongst the kids of pastors. And remember my kids, obviously I have grown up with Cameron and I being pastors as well, but I will also talk about that because I can't stand it when people use that as an excuse. We never let our kids use that as an excuse, but we did see a lot of legalism. And I think seeing that and seeing a whole bunch of kids really rebel against it influenced Cameron and I and how we chose to then parent. So although we have very strong convictions, our approach is never legalistic. There's a difference. Guys, take this one. This is really important. Have strong convictions, but don't be legalistic in your approach. I feel like I need to highlight that myself. If I ever write a parenting book, that's a big, huge key. Um, Strong convictions, but not legalistic in your approach. And I do put that down, our approach, as one of the reasons our kids have never rebelled. They've never gone behind our back. They've never shared wildly different views to us. So what does legalism look like? Um, it looks like having a strict set of rules that, you know, your kids have to adhere to. It looks like a lack of willingness to, to have a discussion with your kids. It looks like, you know, or you have a discussion, but in, in the end, you're like, you're still going to do it my way. 
Um, it's a lack of understanding of maybe the pressure that your kids might be under from other people. It's preaching at your kids about something, um, you know, ranting and raving about it. It's a lack of willingness to help them navigate how to live out your family values in a real world time. It looks like criticizing their friends and what their friends do, um, and that will never go down well with kids. It's being unbending. It's always saying no. That's just a few different ways of what legalism can look like in parenting. Now, take it from me. The second that you start being a ranting, raving parent, criticizing something that all these other kids around them are doing, you're going to get your kids' backs up. Um, And the harder a parent goes against something, making a hard and fast rule, often the more it will make your child want to do it. So hear me out though, save being legalistic on the few things that really count. All right. So as much as Cameron and I are strong on our convictions, but not legalistic on our approach, there were some things in our kids' um, lives where we were unswerving and the kids knew never to cross us on it. And relationships was one of them, which I will podcast about. All right. So uh, let me give you the example again of a bit of legalism that backfired with Cameron's mum. And I shared this on Wednesday, but she would never let him have any motives on his, on his clothing with a lightning bolt because that represented the devil because he was cast out of heaven on a lightning bolt to this day. Cameron loves buying t-shirts with a lightning bolt. I mean, I think he does it just to annoy his mum. All right. So how do we not be legalistic? Okay. And obviously we're doing this in the context context of Halloween. Okay. How do we not be legalistic? I think I'm going to give you like four ways, maybe five. No, I'm going to give you four. Okay. First one, how do we not be legalistic? Always teach the why behind the what. Okay. Don't just rant and rave about the what you're going to do and what we think and what we believe. And this is what's going to happen. Teach the why behind the what. Have discussions with your kids, whatever your conviction is on Halloween. Don't talk at your kids, talk with them, discuss it together. Ask them, what do they think? What do they know? Talk to them about what your concerns are. Teach them about what you know about Halloween because they probably don't know some of the historical roots. Talk to them about there being sorcerers in the Bible. Oh, controversy. Teach them that we are spirit beings and we're all intrigued by the supernatural, but we get to choose who we partner with. So, Yet again, what I'm saying is it's a great opportunity to teach your kids your family values, okay? And that's why all of these are great, um, you know, never see anything that comes up as, oh, I've got to hide my kids, protect my kids from this. This scares me. Use it to teach them and teach them the why of the why you believe something, okay? Look at the fruit of it in the long term. I always say that. Teach your kids what the fruit of something is. That's how you teach the why behind the what. Secondly, in order to not be um, legalistic, be reasonable. I think a lot of parenting, it's like, just be reasonable. Don't freak out. You know, if your child dresses up a few times, are they really going to be overtaken by the occult and end up dabbling in satanic rituals? Like most night, likely not. Unless your kid has got some um, crazy obsession with the supernatural In that case, I would be feeding them the other way. I'd be feeding them with um, godly supernatural stories instead. But, you know, is it a really big deal if you take your kids to the $2 shop and you try on and buy a scary mask to scare dad with at home? 
Now, my kids have done that. They have pulled out some of the scariest masks from the $2 shop. Um, Mum, please, can I buy it? You know what? Yes, you can buy it. Bring it home. They scare each other with it. They think it's hysterical. They scared our dog with it. <laughs> my dog, Callie, that died. I still am so sad about that. Um, she was really scared of this particular mask that Ashton had. It was quite funny. We've actually got it on video. Um, so number three, uh, how to not be legalistic. Listen to your kids. Okay, let them talk more than you. Listen to their ideas. You know, like what is it that they're thinking about Halloween? What do they want to do? Why do they want to do it? Um, listen to them more than talking at them because it will go a long way to getting them to listen to you. Okay. And number four, make your no into a better yes. So if you are going to say no to something, try and avoid the word no and be smarter. Think ahead and make a better suggestion. One that will get them so excited. They will forget what it is that they even asked about. Okay. So if you don't want them to go around to strangers in the neighborhood trick or treating, which I never did. I never let my kids do that. Um, although there is a caveat to that, which I'll tell you in a minute, but instead make a suggestion like, guys, let's have some friends over. Let's do a lolly hide and seek, and then we'll finish it off with a big bonfire, which I'm thinking October in Australia. Have we got fire bands? I'm not sure. Maybe pick something else other than a lolly band. I don't know, but make something fun and exciting. Okay. So there's four ways how not to be legalistic. Teach them the why behind your what, whatever it is. Be reasonable, listen to them and make your no into a better yes. Now, I was telling one of the girls who listens to Girl Next Door, shout out Emma, um, how when I first had kids uh, and it was Halloween, I would actually turn the lights off in my house and hide and be really, really quiet, hoping that no one would come knocking. What was I thinking? I don't know. Maybe it was like a, a kind of a virtue signal, like, oh, we don't do Halloween, people. We're a decent, good Christian family, so I'm turning my lights off. Don't come here. Um, and then when anyone came knocking, I'd be like shushing everyone, like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> what the heck? Like, guys, that was ridiculous. And I realized I have become that person. Who's that person? That weird person, that weird Christian pastor person. No, I don't ever want to be that. So now I leave my light on and yes, I buy lollies, which I talked about in the last episode. Um, mind you, I did this last year and no one came knocking. That's okay. I got to eat the lollies. Um, and again, here's another example. I think sometimes stories are a good way to help you guys um, to, to kind of get the point across of what I do um, or what I've done. It might help you. But Georgia and I were talking about this episode and she said she remembers how shocked all of her friends were that I let her read and watch Harry Potter. And this is a good example of what I'm talking about. Most Christian parents were like, oh, it's demonic, it's satanic, it's promoting the occult. And by the way, they didn't even research it themselves. They would have just been all listening to each other. Okay, don't do that either. Don't be the parent that follows every other parent and what they do. I was actually studying writing at that time at a Christian university. And while some argued that there were themes of the occult, my lecturers were more of the opinion 
that it actually resembled fairy tales or fantasy writing with Christian threads like Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. So I never let the whole what everyone else is doing guide our parenting. We like to think for ourselves, and in doing so, we've taught our kids to think for themselves. So while all these other Christian kids were banned, my kids were really chuffed that they were allowed to read it. Funnily enough, they didn't even really like it that much, so it wasn't too big of a deal again. But I would chat with them about what I'd learned and what I'd researched and why those other parents think that, and that's okay, but this is what I think, and this is why... Um, you know, even things like the author herself described herself as a practicing Christian. So, um, all right, back to the Halloween one. Uh, like I said in the last podcast, I'm kind of more on the on the soft reject scale of it. So, you know, it's I've just never really cared for it. I don't like the dark, scary side of it or the demonic roots of it. It's just never been a big deal in our house. But... There were a couple of years there because remember, my kids did not go to Christian schools at all. They went to a totally secular primary school and then a private but not religious high school. And Ashton is still there. So Halloween was pretty much a big deal around all of their friends. So for a few years, our kids started badgering us that they wanted to celebrate it. Now, at first I got away with ignoring them like, oh, what was that? What was that? Oh, look at that. Halloween's tomorrow and we don't have anything. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) And I got away with that. Oops, too late. And then for a few years, I flat out said, no, we don't celebrate it. And then I got the constant whinging. Why? Why not? All of our friends do it. And their, you know, and their questions made me think, why not? What's so bad about this mum? What's so bad about that? Now, by this stage, they were in upper high school, okay? They're not like 10 anymore. I'm talking like they were like 15, you know, 13, and Ashton would have been like 11. And they were super annoyed that we'd never engaged in it. So one year, Georgia and Liam teamed up and they came to Cameron and I and they're like, please, can we just have a couple friends over and, and do dress ups and do a bit of trick or treating? So we finally were like, you know what? Yes, you can. I'm like, to me, it was not that big of a deal. Um, You know, so they wanted to dress up. They're mid-teens. You know, I don't think my kids are all of a sudden going to start following the occult if they do that. So I was like, you know what? You're bothering me. I'm bothering me. Yes, do it. So they had their friends over. I remember they got dressed in our garage. Georgia did the makeup. I can't even remember how they dressed. I think it was on on the scarier side. They had an absolute blast. They trick-or-treated around like two streets where we knew people. Um, Guys, I'm telling you, it literally lasted for two years. In fact, only one year they did all the effort. And then they actually got sick of it and they just never bothered again. Even now, they don't, they literally, what, Halloween's on Sunday. They don't, they haven't asked me one thing about it. It just is not a big deal. So to this day, now they just don't make a big deal of it. So I hope these stories help you because like I said, sometimes hearing what other people do really helps. So I want to finish off with um, what a family in our church do because this family, they are amazing. They are a super strict family. Shout out to the prices. We love the prices. They've got two little girls and I'm telling you, best parent award goes to them. Like their, their little girls are just gorgeous, respectful, well-behaved, just beautiful human beings. And, um, and the mum and dad are pretty strict on them. 
and they're also a hoot. They're also really funny. Uh, now, I know that the mum particularly has been raised in a good Christian home, and just naturally, she's against Halloween. Um, in fact, both of them naturally would be against Halloween. However, where they've moved to is quite a large community, and it's a massive tradition in their community. And so she was t- she was messaging me some of the things their community does, and it's awesome. Like they have a letterbox decorating competition. I thought that was a fabulous idea. Um, the school PNC deliver orange ribbons to every house. And if you're a house that wants to participate, you hang your orange ribbon out so people know you can go there. Otherwise, if there's no orange ribbon, you're like the virtue signaler. Don't come to my house. I'm not going to give you lollies. Um, then they have like a meeting spot where they have a big picnic together and then they go on a big walk and the kids walk together and the parents walk behind trying to keep up. And the older people in the community especially love it. They go all out getting ready for the kids to come knocking. They make individual boxed up fudge and lolly packets. And it's just this amazing um, time or day in the community that everyone looks forward to. Now, at first, um, the Price parents didn't want to go and they didn't want their girls involved because it just didn't match up with their family values. You know, after all, it's Halloween and they're Christians. Um, and in the end, she was like, you know what? This is just so amazing. It's like, it really brings the whole community together. And so they decided that they would start, you know, participating in it. And I think this is a case of, remember in the last episode, I talked about how we can redeem something, um, but you don't always have to redeem it in a Christian way, but you can. This would be a case of a community redeeming something that was, you know, started out to be something, you know, scary, but they've redeemed it instead in a way where the community gets together and participates in something together. And it just makes fabulous memories and just really binds that community community together. I wish I was in a community. I wish my street was like that. Maybe I should start doing things on my street, but who doesn't love a neighborhood like that? Um, And so I said to her, well, how do you deal with the kind of scary parts? And she did say that there were a few people in the community who have tried to make it scary, but they've literally been eclipsed by all the lovely community spirit of it all and all the, all the good other less scary things that happen. Like for the majority that there's not too much that's scary. She said, occasionally there's like a scary letterbox with a sheet over it and eyes for holes. But, you know, at first there might be a thing or two where her girls would get scared, but she gave them the option. If you don't want to do it, if you find it too scary, we won't do it. But the few just kind of scary things have been far outweighed by her girls' anticipation of the event with the rest of the community and the fun of coming home with a basket of lollies, plus all the fun they've just had with their neighbors. Now she and this mum and dad, they are fabulous parents. They are godly parents. They are strict parents. Um, but again, I think this is a case of someone's looking at it and thinking, you know what, we can redeem what would normally be deemed something really scary. Our community has redeemed that. And this is something that's good for us as community members in our neighborhood to be um, to be involved in. In fact, I would say it even gives them opportunity to develop, develop relationship with people in their community. And you never know what um, can come out of that. 
So any of the scarier elements, she explains to her girls, um, she explains it for what it is. And she's very much, she's a great mum like that. Always they just tell their kids how, how things are. Um, now, this might change according to your kid's age, all right? So don't freak an eight-year-old out with demonic stories. But she'll say something like, oh, that's just someone trying to play a funny trick on your mind using face paint that they have to wash off before bed, just like you wash your face off, not your face off, your makeup off. And it's all just plastic rubbish from the $2 store. So she just puts it in context. And she might even say, you know, Jesus is stronger than all of that. And so she's teaching them how to navigate this kind of stuff at a really young age. And I think that's amazing. Um so there you go. That brings us to a nice almost 25 minutes, guys. You know, so really we can teach our kids to be in the world and not of the world. Um, and Halloween is a powerful way to teach them how to navigate something where we don't share the values of, of Halloween, but we need to teach our kids how to navigate these things. And I think, and look, this is why my podcast exists, guys, because, um, and this is what I do in the Youth Alive Academy all the time. We need to be having these conversations. In fact, someone messaged me and said, thank you. Thank you for being someone in the Christian world, but actually having an open conversation about things like Halloween. We can either choose to ignore everything and reject everything and hide under a rock, or we can teach our kids more and more and more. They're having to learn to navigate these things because you know, the world is changing. We are not in a society where biblical values are our moral compass like they were years and years ago. And so we have to teach them how can they, in fact, it's going to make them have stronger values if we show them while they're children, if we actively teach them how to navigate stuff um, like Halloween that we might not agree with, but how can we still navigate and yet still hold our values true to ourselves? So I hope that's helped you. And this is going to come out in all sorts of ways. You know, they are going to come up with all sorts of things like what I talk about here on the podcast, gender and transgender and, you know, the hookup culture and you, you name it, it's coming at our kids from every angle. And so we need to teach our kids to be strong and if we are legalistic, we are going to put them off of our values. But instead, we can see it as, you know, putting our arms around and um, wrapping them in and and modeling for them. And, um, and I pray that your kids grow up, you know, like my kids, where our values have become their values. Because remember, everything is an opportunity to reinforce your values to your kids and why you've picked those values. So I hope that's helped you. I've loved doing um, Halloween. You'll have to tell me how we can come at it next year. I'll probably do it again next year, but I feel like we've covered so much. So anyway, guys, thank you for joining me. Make sure you come back next Wednesday. I'll see you on Wednesday next week. Bye.